Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Brian Dorian. Uh, he's part of community development and business development at Pivx, P-I-V-X. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, on behalf of all of Pivx. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I've, I've heard little snippets about Pivx, but if, if you can, just tell listeners, um, tell us about you know the token and the ecosystem and you know, what's the goal sure. of the whole uh, initiative. Yeah, so um, if for those who, who haven't heard or don't know much about Pivx, um, I'll give you, I guess, the sort of the, the quick history snapshot, a little bit about tech, um, and then what really matters, I guess, overall. So um, Pivx is the name. It also is the acronym. Stands for Private Instant Verified Transaction. Uh, the coin was announced November um, 25th, 26th of 2015 uh, on Bitcoin Talk. So back in the good old days when there was no ICO, uh, coins would go on Bitcoin Talk and, and you know basically say, hey, here's what we're looking to do and planning on doing. And back then, the two co-founders had a vision for a uh, a currency that was an actual currency had a solid economic model uh, and preserved people's security and privacy um, and was very, very useful at low transaction fees. And we'll talk about that. So thus, private instant verified transaction. Uh, it was launched January 2016. Uh, originally, it was proof of work. Uh, again, back, again, this was no ICO, no pre-mine, no insta-mine. Um, the coin was launched, mineable, and basically was just developed and developed back in you know, it's not that long ago, but in crypto history, it's it's eons ago, right? So in 2016, uh, unless you were on Bitcoin Talk, you didn't really know about about this project. So it was a lot of active development going on. Uh, you can go back through the Bitcoin Talk thread and see the amount of people contributing, uh, and in the GitHub repos as well, um, and just flew under the radar. And then what happened is this: uh, a lot of the community basically came together and said, "Look." We don't think the name represents who we are, right? So when it launched, the name was called Darknet. Not the best from a mm. from a PR mass adoption name. I mean, a lot of coins, if you go back through their history, were called several different things before what you currently know them as now, right? So yeah, like Dash um, there was, was a, Dash was Dark was Coin. You know, Verge I think was Dark. To Dark Doge, um, yeah. So you go back through, and there's been rebrands and rebrands of of those coins. Because again, back in the day, developers were the basically the leads and the faces of the coins. 
also kind of a, hey, we say what goes, right? The difference, right. the difference being with PIVX is um, it is a DAO. It's a decentralized autonomous organization. So in that, the community came together and said, hey, we think we want to rebrand the, the the entire project to more accurately reflect who we are, our ethos, and what we do. So the name was decided upon, Pivx. Uh, it was voted on by the community. And the, the, the logo, the purple shield that you see, um, we are those crazy purple people. If you've, if you've heard about us, that's us. Um, and that, that officially kicked off January 2017 with a large push occurring in March. Um, and from that point on, things just went kind of gangbusters. Um, you know, people are like, where did this coin come from? When was it? It's ICO, et cetera, et cetera. We went, guys, we've been around for a while. It's a fair launch coin. You know, there's no shady stuff going on in the background. It's just for the first time, the community kind of came together and embraced and said, hey, let's do something to reflect who we are as people. So uh, some of the tech stuff about it, um, we are we are Bitcoin Core Dash Core. Um, so with that, though, we... Unlike the majority of what I would say privacy coins that are in the sector, you could lump us in as a privacy coin. Um, we are proof of stake. So um, we're also the first proof of stake coin. Tevix is the first proof of stake coin to be above the Bitcoin Core 0.01x. Uh, a lot of our code base is already 0.12. It's been some is at 0.14 already. Um, so from that standpoint, it's one of the most up-to-date and current proof-of-stake coins uh, actually available. Um, and then from there, uh, things just kept developing, right? So with a focus on privacy, uh, since, since, again, a lot of the code base originally was inherited from Dash, um, the, the privacy, quote-unquote, aspects was coin mixing back in the day. Um, but the Pivx developers... Also did another first. They successfully implemented the zero coin protocol into proof of stake. So another first for Pivx was that it is the first proof of stake coin to successfully implement zero coin. Um, for those of you who don't know, zero coin is an academically vetted protocol that was written by uh, professors and some grad students out of Johns Hopkins. It was originally designed for Bitcoin because they realized, hey, Bitcoin's not private, right? So your your identity, your identity. Uh, you know, your, your, your ledger transactions are all perfectly traceable. So they said, hey, here's a way to do it and provide complete, uh, uh, complete, complete anonymous transactions. So well, let's, um, let's go into that for a second. Yeah, for a yeah. Second. So what, what makes uh, Bitcoin not private and what makes Pivot private? You know, can you go into specifics? Sure. Um, you, know, you threw a lot of names out, but I'm not sure... Um, you know exactly what uh, what's important in the privacy world. I'm not at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not either. <laughs> so um, I I just talk to a lot of the developers so I can glean a lot of this up. Um, so I I use analogies, uh, and I'll be I'll be speaking uh, in Dallas a little bit about this. And one of the analogies I say is this: um, I ask people say like, Hey, do you have a checking account? Right? Like I have a checking account. I you know presume you you have a traditional banking checking account, right? And let's say that you had a contractor come over and do some work and you wrote a check to them and they went and they cashed it in. Rightfully so, they did work. So you pay them, check, cash it. They now have the account, you know, they now have money in their, in their checking account. However, what if I told you that that check also allowed them to look at your bank account and see every single deposit in and out? And since, since it was first opened. They could see every single record of every in and out. Like, 
so that now that contractor, let's say it was your plumber, has access to see all of the transactions. Personally, for me, that wouldn't make me too happy. And most people, if they knew that, that that was going on about their checking account would be up in arms. So that's the analogy I use and say that's, that's in general what's going on with the majority of cryptocurrencies today is every time that you spend and send from an address, especially on an exchange, let alone from a core wallet, it gives that user direct access back to every single balance that was ever associated with that address, right? So people often say, well, what if I create an address every single time? You can. The thing is, most people do not do that. Some wallets will do it automatically. The other aspect of it is this. The amount of money that's going into forensics for addresses to track how much money is being sent, how much money is being spent from where to where, et cetera, is astronomical. So from a privacy standpoint, financially, Bitcoin doesn't provide that. Litecoin, Ethereum, they don't provide that. Pivx does. So you can basically pay your contractor, right? You can write them that check or spend, send from your Pivx wallet using ZPIV, which is our zero-coin Pivx or zero-coin PIV, and it completely breaks that link between you and the receiver. So in essence, what happens you, is they get... Yeah, I was going to ask, can you talk about that? How does that happen? Yeah, so what, what, in general, what happens is you basically are minting in your core wallet. So the core wallet is, so again, I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this. So when you download the core wallet, you are running the entire blockchain with Pivx because we're proof of stake, right? So we don't have miners in our ecosystem that are providing the hash power to prove and validate all the transactions. Everyone who has downloaded the core wallet is participating in that. So that's proof of stake. We're also getting paid for it. So as you basically in that core wallet, if you have PIV in there, you're staking, you're earning interest, you also have the ability to mint, mint what's called minting a ZPIV. And that is the privacy Z, that's the privacy PIV. So in that, what happens with that is this. You basically go from having PIV, which is the public ledger, that's the perfectly, you know, you can trace it, you can see it, PIVX, which is great for merchants, et cetera, et cetera, to now I've got a receipt of, oh, let's say I have 100 ZPIV, right? Let's say I'm going to send that 100 to you. When I elect to hit send to that to your address, what in, what in essence happens is that receipt is validated in our network and says, yep, you actually have, you can redeem that 100 ZPIV. 100, basically that receipt is burned and 100 fresh PIV are created and sent to the recipient, right? So you would then receive 100 PIV that are brand new. There's no identity. There's no history associated with them. And the reason you can is because you validated that you had that receipt. It's a lot more complicated than that, but that's the easiest way to think about it. So you basically, you would receive clean, brand new, perfectly minted 100 PIV. So there's no difference in terms of the, like, you know, numbers aren't being changed in terms of the total balance of PIVX in the network. All it's saying is, oh, yeah, you basically had 100 ZPIV. You had, you had that credited to you, so now you just cashed in that receipt, and then 100 PIV are then sent out, and they're brand new. Okay, so the, what happens to the quote-unquote old PIV? Are they destroyed? Or... Yeah, so when you basically so when you are, uh, when you, when you basically are minting it, you, you are basically removing those from the circulation into your ZPIV. 
So they're they're in essence right. they're removed completely from circulation. So there's a net it's a net neutral swap as it were. There's a there's a small fee associated with creating the ZPIV, uh, but there's no change in terms of the overall net amount of PIV in the network. So it's like if you paid me twenty bucks, somehow I would take the twenty bucks, destroy it, and make a new twenty dollar bill, and I'd be able to yep. give you that. You'd never know that. Yep. Yep. You got it. You got it. So the nice thing is, so what Pivx has done is again being the first proof of stake to ever to ever do this, uh, the developers also added a bunch of more features uh, that allow you to send. Um, so ZeroCoin, as it's been implemented in, in a few other coins, has some restrictions or limitations on how many, how much you can send, how many denominations you can send, right? So for instance, if you, if you wanted to send seven, like seven coins to somebody, uh, in, in other coins that have implemented your coin, you'd have to send three separate transactions. So you'd have to send like one, one, and five because that's the denominations that they've allowed. Uh, in PIVX, you can send it all in one transaction. So you can send multiple types of denominations within a single transaction. Again, making it easier, more user-friendly for the average consumer, the average user. What, what happens if uh, someone sends PIVX to you and, you know, you don't spend them for a while? Can you tell that, you know, I have a certain amount of PIVX or if I haven't reminted stuff, what do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a public ledger. So if, if things are being sent around just as PIV or, you know, just as Bitcoin or just as Litecoin, um, that address, anybody can sit there and, and watch, right? So you can go onto a block explorer right now and take a look and say, hey, Let's see this address, but let's see what the activity of that address is, right? Most people don't realize that about cryptocurrencies, you know, is that the old, the old sort of what was pushed out by mainstream media is like, oh, Bitcoin's this private currency used by dark markets and blah, 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 blah. It's actually the opposite. It's a perfect ledger. So, you know, if you've got Bitcoin sitting in an account, even though you might not have touched it for five years, if somebody has that address or somebody who sent it to you has that address, they can see hey, there's still five Bitcoins sitting in that address. So right. this right. is why, yeah, so from a from a individual, and this ties back into sort of the point of PIVX, from a security standpoint and from a privacy standpoint, you know, a lot of us feel it's imperative to maintain that privacy as individuals. It's a, we, we, we say it's a right from the standpoint of how many times have companies or banks or entities been hacked where there's personal information that has been leaked, you know, de-identified and put out into markets and sold, et cetera. Or how many times is information, quote unquote, used by corporations, et cetera, without your consent? And then, oops, oh, by the way, yeah, we did do that. So what Pivx has done is design and develop a mechanism whereby you are free to enact. It's your choice, but you're free to maintain that privacy and security within the network, right? And in that network, it's a network where, as I said, it's proof of stake. So you're in control of it, right? So since you can download, you have the freedom to download the core wallet and run the entire blockchain, you're actually participating in maintaining that currency, right? Unlike with mining, where most people that hold coins that are mined, that are mineable proof of work, like Bitcoin, like Litecoin and Ethereum. Again, there's nothing wrong with these. It's just that people don't realize they're not actually in control of the currency itself, right? So unless you're mining those currencies, you're not in control of that blockchain. It's You're sort of at the discretionary mercy of the miners themselves. Well, in Pivx, you download the core wallet, you're running that entire blockchain, 
you're actually participating in the validation and confirmation of all the transactions. So if but, all uh, I have a quick question here. Yeah, yeah. If you're proof of stake, though, that means you're holding X number of PIVX in a wallet. How do you obscure that fact? You know, like how much do you need to to stake PIVX? You know, let's say it's a thousand one. or something. One. Oh, one. Okay. So it's very low. You need. It doesn't matter. It's very low. But what about yep. large stakeholders of PIVX, though? What if they want to keep quiet that they have all this PIVX yep. sitting in their wallet and they're using it to run the network? Take? Sure. Good, good question. So a couple options. Um, so we talked about ledger privacy, right? So those individuals right now, um, if they have those in an address, yes, that could be identified. What's coming in quarter one, um, so the ZeroCoin protocol was successfully implemented in uh, November. So just you know a few months ago. Uh, by the end of Q1 2018, we will have fully stakeable ZPIV, meaning you can basically convert all of your PIVX into ZPIV and stake those as well. And actually, people who do that will earn a higher reward. So that'll, yeah, so that'll take care of that factor. So basically, you could take, you know, let's say you have 500 PIV or 1,000 PIV. You can convert all of those into ZPIV, put that into an address, and nobody will know except for you. Um, so that's that one. The other, the protocol the other will know, though. So, but the protocol will know that you have 500, let's say. So Bingo. Bingo. But anyone, everyone else, everyone else, anyone else but you will not have an ability to know. So then the other, the other aspects about privacy can come into play about, hey, what about your IP addresses? Um, PIVX already allows, there's the ability to run behind Tor. So if you want to provide that layer of, uh, you know, your, your IP address privacy, um, what is coming this year as well is I2P. So there will be an I2P network, which as well as a Dandelion protocol, those are two separate, um, two separate protocols that will allow for further, basically, privacy of IP addresses. So not just a, from a ledger, you know, what, what a balance account privacy is, there'll also be the personal identification back to, say, where you're located, et cetera, that'll be completely private as well. Interesting. All right. So, so do you think that, uh, yeah. well, I don't know much about I2P or IPFS. I don't know. Can you explain that basically? I know Tor obscures, uh, you know, your, uh, your IP address, but what's the other pieces of the puzzle? Yeah. So, so um, with the Danny, I, I, again, this is, these are, these are questions that are brilliant for developers. Um, the Dandelion protocol, um, the, what I'm aware of that is basically you have a stem, kind of like a dandelion. You've got a stem, and then you've got the fluff, right? So there's these layers uh, that help de-anonymize or anonymize your IP from the outside. So it's it's this algorithm way to basically say, okay, here's your IP. It's running through the stem and then out through this other layer. So even if people crack through that first layer, they still have to go through another entire layer before they can track it back to you. Um, so, uh, oh, the other, the other thing that I wanted to touch on about PIVX being a, a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, if I can, is um, what I said about, yeah, what I said about PIVX being a coin that you can control, right, individually um, by running the entire blockchain. Um, you also, as staking, you get paid for that, right? So since we don't have miners, um, which in proof-of-work coins, the, the incentivization for a miner to mine is that block reward, right? So in proof of stake, since we don't have miners, that block reward is paid out to the, 
people running the, the network itself. It's also split between masternodes. Uh, we do have an entire masternode network in, in PIVX. Um, those are going to be coming up very soon because we will have the first in-wallet decentralized exchange called a ZDEX, where you'll be able to exchange Bitcoin, potentially some other coins as well, directly for ZPIV. So you'll have a direct swap for the privacy coin itself. So, again, that, that block reward is split between stakers and masternode holders. The other, the other aspect about being a DAO and a coin that's community consensus-driven is the governance, right? So we have already voted to develop a CDG, which is Community Design Governance. Currently, right now, everything's funded by a self-funded treasury, right? So the block reward, up to 10% of every block is available uh, as part of the treasury. So every 30 days, anyone, not even not not even anybody that's quote unquote active in PIVX, can submit a proposal up and have it go up for community voting. So currently, masternodes vote on proposals. Soon, it will be available for anybody within the PIVX network to vote on. Um, and that's that's largely how a lot of the direction of the community operates is by submitting proposals, voting them in, and then monitoring the success of those proposals themselves. What's the requirement for a masternode? What, what benefits does it give? Yep. Sure. So currently it's 10,000 PIVX. Uh, current price, it's about 100,000 US dollars. Um, ROI on a masternode and, and ROI in staking is anywhere from 6 to 10% a year. Um, so, and that's in PIV, mind you. That's not US dollars. That's, that's in quantity of PIV. Um, what will be beneficial to be a masternode in the future is masternodes will also begin to share in the profit of running the ZDEX, right? So as people begin to exchange Bitcoin, Litecoin, et cetera, for ZPIV, there's going to be a micro fee. That'll be shared between masternodes as well. So, Great. yep. The other, the, other, the other benefit that'll be available is the PIVX developers, uh, I believe it's actually quarter one, so <laughs> less than two months. The developers are insane. Uh, you'll be able to put your PIVX collateral, so a masternode collateral, that 10,000 PIV, onto a ledger. So you can already store your PIV on a ledger right now, um, but you'll be able to put your 10,000 PIV onto a ledger, uh, unplug it, throw it into you know your safe or whatever you want, and still run your masternode. So you'll be able That's to awesome. keep so you your stake offline. Uh, yeah, well, it's not technically staking; it's running the masternode. Um, but you'll still get your you'll get your rewards, right? So it, it's in essence like staking. It's just for masternodes at this point. Uh, coming down the road, uh, it's not currently on the roadmap, but I know there's talks about it. Is to do staking offline as well. So this is the first step towards that. So masternode holders will be able to keep their initial collateral, which is the bulk of it anyway, right? You'll be able to keep that offline cold storage and still be earning your interest. Yeah. Um, um, what will be the rights of uh, of stakeholders that don't have masternodes? Are they get, how, how diminished will they be compared to a masternode holder? Um, so actually, staking, if you stake when ZPIV staking goes active, um, we're going to call that ZPOS because it's a brand new proof of stake protocol. Um, so in ZP, if you are staking the ZPIV, so it's ZPOS, you'll actually be getting more rewards than a masternode will. So every block reward... Uh, if you're staking Z, if you're staking and you are the validator for that block, then you will end up getting three PIV that round, and a masternode will end up getting two. So the other, the other real cool thing too is, you know, we've talked a lot about like the privacy aspects, some of the community, 
you know, governance stuff. Um, transaction speeds, uh, we have 60 second block times. I mean, it's basically, you can send instant sends as well. Um, so zero confirmation sends using the masternode network is available. Um, our transaction fees are less than a tenth of a cent right now. So really, really fast, very, very low fees. Um, the other really neat thing from an economic, again, we're talking about positioning, positioning, positioning a coin to be used globally and protect privacy. Our inflation rate is about 4% currently. Um, we have a steady four and a half. It's going to be going up to five and a half TIV emission rate every 60 seconds. So that's the block reward, right? What we also have implemented, and this was done and designed from, from the get-go, is this. We have what we call a dynamic cap or a soft cap that's deterministic by use. Since, again, since we're proof of stake, we don't have to give transaction fees to miners, right, to keep them incentivized to keep mining. So right. what do we do? In, in PIVX, we burn them. And what we've what we've basically calculated is at about three to four private transactions a second, we will go coin supply negative, meaning more coins will be coming out of circulation than being emitted every 60 seconds. Now we're not we're not there yet, but we've already seen a couple blocks where we had some massive spikes in transactions within the network, where I think it was nine coins were actually burned and only four and a half were created that block. So in that specific block, we actually removed coins from circulation. Well, what happens though if PIVX starts to, you know, to scale big? Go crazy? Go to yeah. Yeah, 50 transactions, 1,000 a second. What happens then? So this is, so the beauty again of having a consensus community is you, we trust, we trust then in one another to say, hey, if we want this to be a global currency and useful, well, let's vote. Right. If we're realizing, crap, we're pulling way too many coins out of supply, then we can reduce we can reduce the transaction fees. Right. So or we could basically say we're going to peg it to a specific inflation rate or some other design and well, algorithm. That, yeah. Right. Why not algorithmically balance it so that it can never go too negative or too positive? Bingo. Inflation rate Bingo. You could have a. We're already, yeah, we're, and actually that's an interesting thought um, because we're in Q4 of 2018. Uh, the PIVX developers will be implementing elastic blocks to deal with, uh, you know, variations and spikes in traffic. So that way we can handle ramp ups and, you know, number of transactions per second. In, in theory, then, yeah, what you just said as well, design an algorithm that adapts and says, hey, we're going to keep a steady, a steady, you know, emission rate or a steady deflationary rate so it doesn't go crazy. Yeah. But then again, that's, that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of a, of a community voting mechanism to say let's let's figure this out right right yeah i'm i'm sure the nature of the people that are invested in pivx is a lot of it's about privacy and i'm concerned about it too you said there's been and i know there's been a there's a ton of money and research going into you know taking the veil off crypto so that it's not private and you're one of the people trying to keep it on where's the arms race going what's next what's going to be required and and you know for the tokens that don't seem to acknowledge or realize that you know blockchain could be used to the opposite effect to strip away all privacy what do you think is going to happen how is this going to evolve are we going to have certain tokens that just are completely exposed and will people not use them some will remain private where do you think this is going um so i see this as a personally a deeper philosophical question um, you know, I look around in general at the public and, you know, most people freely give over information, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Google, et cetera. Uh, you know, they sign up for email lists and nobody reads disclaimers about what's being tracked, et cetera. So 
I think there's a general public malaise of, you know, people feel like, hey, if somebody's not knocking on my door or coming in with a shotgun or et cetera, and eh, like I'm okay, right? Um, I think, though, there is a tide, there is a shift of a lot more people going, no, this actually does matter because for a lot of years, maybe even centuries, information data has been used by selective few to control a lot of what's going on, right? So I think what what we tend what we can see happen and occur is by being by by focusing on why privacy matters, right? So what what tends to happen is privacy is put down as oh it's used in the dark markets, right? It's used for shady nefarious deals, and that's why that's why this shouldn't be allowed. And of course, like I I kind of laugh and I go right. So you're telling me the U.S. dollar etc. You know, the oil dollar has never been used for shady nefarious deals ever in the in the in the history of the world. So got it. Um, the, the, the deeper issue is you do have a choice. And with PIVX, we can begin to empower people by providing incredible tech that maintains privacy. And yet the bigger thing for us is the focus is yes, providing that technology. However, if you begin to look at our marketing, if you look at the branding, if you look at the feel of the coin, it's designed to feel like we're here. We will provide insane, egregious support. We will tell you about crypto. We're here to be of use and be resourceful for you. Why? Because if we can be that trusted or one of the trusted communities in crypto that can speak to people and build those relationships, like at the end of the day, this is all about relationships, right? Like I develop relationships with the community, you develop relationships with the community, and then you develop this unspoken trust. Like we all have these barometers, these trust barometers that we walk around with, right? Without people, without relationships, like blockchain tech is like, it's nothing, right? Without people... It's just another technology. So the issue for me and where the benefit is, is if we can build a relational community that focuses on what matters more. And for us, a lot of what matters most is, yeah, privacy matters. However, with that, it's, it's about being people. It's about being human. It's about trusting one another, developing those relationships. And with that, that means that you've got to have impeccable tech. You've got to maintain a high integrity. Your developers have to fall through on their word. Your marketing can't be fluff and for show. It's just got to present the truth and, and be accurate. And then the people involved, let's respond and resonate together so that new people coming into crypto will go, oh, okay, hey, I'm going to go talk to these people. Why? Because I kind of feel like I can trust them. Then, then we have an opportunity to say, hey, you might not ever understand the tech side of things. That's okay. Let's, let's work on trust trusting that the developers will actually follow through on what they say they're going to do, that they'll build out these protocols to ensure, and then let's work together as a community to begin to reach other people around us. So, Very good. All right, Brian, so how do um, people reach out to you and others involved with PIVX? You know, what, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you to find out more? Yeah, so uh, the main website is pivx.org. Um, and for those of you who are non-native English speakers, uh, I think the website's currently translated into 32 or 33 native languages. Um, we, we have an insane translation team, uh, again, because we were designed to go global. So we've, we put a lot of emphasis on embracing, uh, people around the world. So that's, that's chock full of information. Um, the majority of the community, uh, that you will see and experience in PIVX does hang out on Discord. There are links 
So all the social links, whether it's Discord or, you know, if you do use Twitter or Facebook, et cetera, Reddit, uh, those are all there. Um, you know, come in, say hi. Uh, again, I'm fairly active. I've chosen to take an active role and kind of be one of the faces of Pivot. So feel free to reach out. Uh, you know, you can find me pretty active without the, throughout the community. Um, but yeah, if you guys, if there's any questions at all, as well, technically, uh, the support team, those links are on pivx.org as well. The support team is phenomenal. They're globally distributed as well. Um, they'll they'll do anything and everything they can to be of support. So. All right, that's great. Well, Brian, yeah, I appreciate you coming, and uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you at the conference, the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Altcoin yeah. um, Conference. So, thank you so much. Gladly. Uh, thanks again. We'll see you soon. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 